Introducing Bluehost Cloud, ultra-fast WordPress hosting with 100% uptime. Want a website with unmatched power, speed, and control? Of course you do. And now you can have all three with Bluehost Cloud, the new web hosting plan from Bluehost. With 100% uptime and incredibly speedy load times, your WordPress websites will be dependable and lightning fast on a global scale. Plus, your sites can handle even the biggest traffic spikes without going down or lagging. And with Bluehost Cloud, you get 24-7 WordPress priority support, meaning you're connected to WordPress experts anytime you need them. Not to mention, you automatically get daily backups and world-class security. So, what are you waiting for? Get Bluehost Cloud today by visiting bluehost.com. That's bluehost.com. Welcome back, everyone, to 1001 Radio Days. This is your host, John Hagedorn. Here we feature mostly cop and detective shows, plus adventure, plus surprise. You never know, but it's the best from the golden age of radio. We'll guarantee that. For those of you who want non-stop crime buster and detective shows, you can now add 1001 Radio Crime Solvers to your podcast library. That's 1001 Radio Crime Solvers. Brand new for 2023 and growing fast. Enjoy! For your enjoyment, Wrigley's Spearmint Chewing Gum presents from Hollywood, Edmund O'Brien as... Johnny Dollar. Good evening. This is Mr. Snell, the secretary. Oh, sure. Hi. I was unable to reach Mr. Snell before he left for the West Coast, but he asked me to outline the case to you and hoped you'd follow him out there. It's quite serious. Oh? What is it? Our company has been carrying the policies on a line of pleasure boats for a West Coast sales agency, the Aerocraft Cruisers. Within the past two weeks, three of them have sunk with no survivors. Bad risks. Yes. There's a liability clause. Next of kin in each case is bringing suit for nearly a million dollars. Edmund O'Brien in another adventure of the man with the action-packed expense account. America's fabulous freelance insurance investigator. Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. To make every day more enjoyable, treat yourself often to refreshing, delicious Wrigley Spearmint Chewing Gum. Here's a taste treat you can enjoy indoors, outdoors, at work, or at play. The cool, long-lasting mint flavor refreshes you. The smooth, steady chewing helps keep you fresh and alert. Adds enjoyment to whatever you're doing. Wrigley's Spearmint Chewing Gum. Healthful, refreshing, delicious. Expense account submitted by Special Investigator Johnny Dollar to Home Office Grand East Life and Liability Insurance Company, Hartford, Connecticut. The following is an accounting of my expenditures during assignment to Millard Snell of your legal department on the investigation of the Arrowcraft matter. Expense account item one, $275 air travel Hartford to Los Angeles and rented car travel from Los Angeles to Newport Beach and... The heart of the trouble. Snell? Millard Snell? Who is it? 
It's Dollar. Dollar? Hurry up. Get aboard. Now, watch it. She's wet tonight. Hey, give me your arm. Come on. Thanks. Didn't think you were going to make it. You talked to your secretary? Yes, but that was yesterday from Chicago. Well, I didn't know where you were until I called her from the Los Angeles airport a couple of hours ago. Then when I got here, your hotel told me you just left to charter a boat. What's up? Myers, how long will it be? Uh, Robert should be here any minute, Mr. Snell. Couldn't leave without him. All right, if you can hurry him up anyway, do it. Come on in the cabin, Dollar. Out of this foul night air. This fog. I thought it was bad sometimes in Hartford. Another cruise has been reported, Dollar. An arrow craft? Yes. Reported by a private plane between here and Catalina Island. That's 30 miles offshore. The Coast Guard been notified? Yes, but candidly, I hope we see it before they do. Find out what we insured, if we can find it in this fog. Find it? You mean this one is still afloat? Before dark, yes, barely afloat. Robert, hurry, get aboard. Ah, there he is, the navigator we've been waiting for. I hope he's sober. Tell me, what have you learned so far? What makes them sink? I don't know. The sales agent, Fred Crocker, you'll meet him, swears by aircraft. Says they're one of the best hulls afloat. Ah, but the fact remains they've been sinking. Uh Uh-huh, and a tragic fact, too. The loss of life so far has been horrible. Three 28-foot boats, 11 fatalities. No trace of the cruisers, even. But a life ring or two. Must have been deep water, then. What about bodies? Seven have been recovered and four still missing. Ah, we're getting started. It was 10 p.m. when we left the quiet resort village. And it was dawn when we saw in the fog what we had been unable to find during a whole night of searching. The arrow craft, without sign of life, was almost entirely awash, bowed down in the channel swell. That's close enough, Myers. Right. We don't want to nudge her. She's allowed to roll over. Well, here we are, but there's nothing we can do about her. How she stays up is beyond me. Any chance of towing it in? Not in that shape. Give her any weight, she'll just take more water and go down. Can you put me aboard? If you want to go, I can put you there, but I don't know what your waiter's going to do. She's ready to roll. What do you think, Roberts? Oh, we'll put him over the stern. That shouldn't upset her. We'd better get some of those clothes off, Dollar, while we swing around. All right. You think it's worth it? You're going aboard? Worth it? I'm not going for a night like that without having a look at it. Gives me the creeps. The thing awash like that. Looks dead. Yeah. Too dead. Why isn't there anyone aboard? Why isn't somebody hanging onto the side? Okay, Dollar. We'll move into it now. I'm ready. Now get back there on the transom. That's it. Right there. I'll swing you right into it. Right. There you are. Go ahead. Okay. Hey, get off the go. And stay amidships. Don't get to either side. She'll roll. I'm all right. Anything there? Yeah. Yeah, there's something here. There's a girl in the cabin. Her body floated face down in the flooded cabin, held in there by the narrowness of the passageway. After an unpleasant and ticklish 15 minutes... She was lifted aboard the other boat by three suddenly silent men. 
There was little else I could do on the derelict but memorize the name and address on the certificate of ownership. So I left it and followed the girl. I didn't bargain for this dollar. It doesn't bother me to read about 11 of them, but... But this girl... Why, she can't be over 18. Yeah, I noticed. You know, if it was a guy, it wouldn't hit so hard. But a kid like this... Beautiful. Myers. Yes, sir? Have you radioed in about this? I waited to find out whether you want to stand by the boat or not. No. We'll start right back. Get word to the police. Ask them to meet us. I think it's a case for them. The boat's registered to a Chester McNeil, Newport Beach address. McNeil, Newport Beach address. McNeil, yes, all right. You want to get us started, Roberts? Right. What'd you find, Dollar? Come here, look at this. See? Behind her ear. You see the bruise? Yeah. Yeah, I noticed it when I was getting her out of the cabin. She'd been slugged? She could have been. There's long black hair. You see here? The water's ruined most of it, but there's still part of a braid... It could have been a hard blow, one that might have killed a man, but her braid might have softened it. I'm looking for an answer to why she was on that boat, alone and dead. It was an answer I never did actually find and prove, because in the final analysis, the death of this beautiful, dark-haired girl was no more important than any of the rest of them. She was taken to the county morgue, and after making my formal statement to the police and giving them my informal theories, I followed her there. Well, I take it that the deceased is not a personal friend of yours. That's right, Dr. Sane. I'm an insurance investigator. I'm in Southern California because a number of people have died in the sinkings of some insured pleasure boats. Oh, yes, the aircraft? Yes. And the death of this girl has become important to me. What's her name? Caruso, Antonia Caruso. She was identified by her mother. Antonia. Are you planning an autopsy? Why do you ask? I wonder if you noticed a bruise behind her right ear. Yes, I reported it. You're an observant fellow. Dr. Sane, you must have examined some of the other bodies from these sinkings. Were there any indications of violence on them? If there were, I was unable to discover them. The period of immersion in other cases, you must understand, was much longer than in the Caruso case. Water makes it difficult. Why do you ask? Well, the rest of the sinkings, the boats themselves have been blamed. But after today, it seems to me there's a possibility that something else has caused them, at least this one. The contusions? Yes. There were two other people on that boat, the owner, Chester McNeil, and his father. But the girl's body was the only one aboard. Why? Uh, I didn't know the particulars. I think the girl wore braids, Doctor. If she did, could she have survived a blow that would have killed the two men? Protection? Well, location of the wound would bear you out behind the ear. Could she have been knocked unconscious, been thrown overboard, and then recovered enough to get back on? Could this have happened to the girl? Are you suggesting homicide, Mr. Dollar? I'm not sure. Then I'm not sure why perfectly good boats start sinking without survivors, either. They have to make autopsy examination to determine the degree of concussion. Well, that's why I asked. Are you going to perform one? In the state of California, Mr. Dollar, except in cases of unquestionable criminal acts, autopsy is allowed upon only permission of the next of kin. Now, this contusion, well, it could have been sustained so many ways. Yes, I know, I know. As a matter of fact, arrangements have already been made to move the body to a private establishment. Oh. Um, could you give me her mother's address? Why, yes, I suppose so. But I'd be doing no more than saving you a search of the phone book. 
What is it you want? Mrs. Caruso, I'm the man that found your daughter. Oh. Then why have you come here? You shouldn't know my grief. I do, Mrs. Caruso, but I'd like to talk with you if I could. What is there to say? I don't want to see you. There is no room for sympathy. I didn't know anything about your daughter, but I'd like to. I'd, I'd like to hear about her. Why do you do this? Because... Because I don't think her death was accidental. Oh, go away. Why do you say this? My girl, she never did no wrong. I didn't mean that, Mrs. Crusoe. Please, may I come in? All right. It's in my house. I'm sorry. It's not cared for. There have been so many things today. Well, I won't stay long. She was a good girl. She was going to marry Chester. His father was wisdom. She was going to marry Chester. Oh, we hoped it so much, Antonia and me, that it would be a good marriage. Mrs. Caruso. We always dreamed. We were good people, only poor. We give everything so Antonia will be better. She was so beautiful. She was going to marry Chester. I'm sorry to bother you at a time like this, I... Now, she's gone. I saw her. I saw her, too. And I want to learn why she's gone. Now, Mrs. Caruso, is there any reason that you can think of why there should have been trouble on this trip in the McNeil boat? Oh, no. They go many times. They love the boat. They go many times, always with his father to take care of them. He, he loved her, too. My daughter, he called her. She was going to marry his Chester. Be so happy. Please, Mrs. Gordon. Oh, my Antonia. Antonia. Please, go. You know my grief. Leave my house. Leave my house. I left her house and drove back to Millard Snell's hotel. It was 7 p.m., and I hoped we could get to Crocker, the West Coast agent for Arrowcraft, before the night was out. But I found Snell white-faced when I opened the door and too anxious to show me the front page of the evening paper. I didn't know where to find you, Dollar. For what? And you haven't heard. Fred Crocker, the aircraft agent. He was killed this afternoon. How? It says traffic, hit-and-run victim. But I don't believe it. Look at this. Violence in another form preceded the tragedy, the story said. Crocker's sales office was entered earlier today in a bold daylight strike. The interior was wrecked, but whether or not the entry was for purposes of theft has not been ascertained. The writer didn't make any definite statements. But reading between the lines, you knew that he was exploring the possibility that revenge was at the bottom of both the violence and the tragedy. That those who had lost family or friends in the Arrowcraft sinkings had wrecked Crocker's office and then killed him. But remembering the bruise behind the Caruso girl's ear, I didn't believe that either. 
to make every day more enjoyable, treat yourself often to refreshing, delicious Wrigley's Spearmint Chewing Gum. The lively, full-bodied, real mint flavor cools your mouth, moistens your throat, freshens your taste. And the chewing itself gives you a little lift, helps you keep going at your best. So for real chewing enjoyment that's refreshing and long-lasting, always keep Wrigley's Spearmint Chewing Gum handy. Healthful, delicious, Wrigley's Spearmint Gum will make every day more enjoyable. And now, with our star, Edmund O'Brien, we return you to the second act of Yours Truly, Johnny Dollar. Snell and I drove out to what had been Crocker's sales office. A sheriff's deputy met us outside and took us in. Give me some light if... Uh... Oh, there's a switch. Well, not as bad as it could be. At least the drawers aren't dumped. These are from a file cabinet. We'll start here. What are you looking for? Crocker's sales records. Sales records? The names and addresses of all the people who bought arrowcrafts from him. I don't think we'll find it. I don't get you. We've got a theory. That those boats didn't just sink, that they were boarded, that the people who've been lost were slugged before they were drowned, and that the boats were scuttled. What do you think of it? Why would anybody set out to wreck aircraft? Well, that I don't know. Probably because they're linked to something important. Maybe something or somebody is on an aircraft and somebody else doesn't know which one. Here's the sales folder, Dollar. It's empty, all right. Sure it is. That gives them the location of every aircraft between here and San Diego. Sheriff, nobody has said where Crocker was when this place was entered. They don't know yet. You got a theory? Yeah, that he was here. Yeah, that after the list of names and addresses was taken, he was dragged out of here and killed with a car for the same reason the others have been killed. Because alive, they might have been identifying witnesses. Well, they say everybody's got a right to his own opinion, but that's too crazy for me. Well, I don't blame you. It's too crazy for anybody. Maybe so crazy it'll never be cleared up. Expense account item two, $112 cost of entertainment that same night for as many members of the press as I could get hold of. They listened to my theory, agreed that it was unbelievable, but worth printing on the grounds of sensationalism. The story made the morning editions, most of the papers slanting it towards warning the Arrowcraft owners listed in Crocker's stolen records. But it didn't look so unbelievable because it had a companion piece. A night watchman at one of the yacht clubs lay near death from gunshot wounds after apprehending a prowler aboard an aerocraft. The prowler was being held at the county jail. Who is this guy, Sergeant? Jerry LaBarber is the name he uses. We put a search on him last night. He's one of those things you call a known hoodlum because nobody's been able to pin much on him. Known to the police in Las Vegas, L.A., and San Diego, to name a few. Here he is. I hope you had better luck with him than we did. If you meant that, you'd leave me alone with him for the rest of the day. Sorry. Off the bunk, LaBarber. You got a visitor. On your feet. Stand up. Okay, hero. You got me up. What's the matter with you? What's missing, LaBarber? What? What's lost? What were you looking for on the Arrowcraft? Come on, who are you working for? I'm out of work. Why don't you save your breath? How many of the other killings were you mixed up in? What are the killings? I get into a scrape with an eager night watchman, and now you talk about pinning other killings on me. What is this? Who are you working for? I'm out of work. You could do yourself some good, you know. 
I'm not complaining, am I? You were off to a pretty good start. Even if that watchman lives, you're going to be tried for assault with intent to kill. That's a long rap. You might make it shorter by using your head. <laughs> Is that a promise? <laughs> Don't make me laugh. You're a sucker, LaBarba. But this is a promise. I'm going to see you charged for Crocker's murder. Who's Crocker? And I'm going into the business of searching Arrowcrafts myself. Don't be stupid. Why not put the blame where it belongs? Blame for what? Okay, Sergeant, I've had enough. So have I. I wonder how long it takes to get that way. For what? I could buy and sell you, you cheap tin star. Well, what do you think? He's covering for somebody, isn't he? Hank, you're right. You shouldn't have tipped your hand so much about searching the boat. Word's going to get out. Out of a jail cell? He called for a lawyer, one of the hot men from L.A. We can refuse him visitors, but not a private session with a criminal who happens to be his lawyer. Oh, I'd like to hear that one. You should. It's going to put a bigger bullseye on your back than that newspaper story did. There was no trouble that day and no progress. We had time to contact two Arrowcraft owners that afternoon and went aboard their boats. Nothing came of it but a feeling of frustration because we didn't know what we were looking for, how large or small it was, whether to empty fire extinguishers or break and open batteries. That night the news broke that the night watchman had died of his wounds. Snell and I made an attempt at eating dinner and took a bottle of cognac to my room to see what it could do. The phone call came at 9.30. Hello? Hello? Well, this is Dollar speaking. Who's this? I'm in a phone booth, so don't bother trying to trace this call. It's about the boat trouble. All right. What about it? Not over the phone. You have to come up here. Where do I meet you? I've got to be careful. You'll know why when I talk to you. You have to come alone. What else? There's a place called Leeds Bar. It's on Long Beach Boulevard, three blocks up from the beach. You'll see the sign. I'll find it. You can make it in an hour. But you've got to be alone. I will be. All right. Quarter of eleven. What was that? Some girl says she wants to talk about the Arrowcraft. Wants me to meet her in Long Beach. Don't be ridiculous. You're not going. Somebody has to do something. Nothing as foolhardy as this. You've been expecting them to make a move. Here it is. You don't for a minute think she's telling the truth. I won't find out sitting here swilling brandy with you. I wasted ten minutes in Newport circling through alleys and side streets to shake any tail that might have been put on me. And then I headed up the coast highway. At exactly 10.45, I was ordering a drink in Leeds Bar. It arrived simultaneously with a metallic nudge in the ribs from a man who had taken the stool on my right. Drink it, Dollar. We've got to go. I was supposed to get a message from a girl. You've had it. Come on, drink up. All right. Now leave. I'll meet you outside the door. Do I get to talk with this girl? She's outside. Okay. This way. Here's a car. No, you, you get in front of her. I'll get him back. Where to now? Just a little way. You weren't followed? I made it a point not to be. 
Well, you wanted to talk. Yeah, I do. I don't know what's going to happen to me, but I don't think I care anymore. It's been like I killed all those people who've died. Take it easy, honey. You mean their deaths are your fault? Sort of, yeah. I mean, I could have stopped it, but I was afraid to because one of his men would have killed me. And I thought he'd stop me for this. He? Who do you mean? Hey, <laughs> watch what you're going. You better stop, when. This is as good a place as any. Yeah. I didn't go to the police because I have a record. And he's so powerful, he, he could have made it look like blackmail and it wouldn't have gone any farther. Who is so powerful? George Masterson. George Masterson? Who's he? Oh, he seems like a businessman. He owns a line of furniture stores. I've known him for three years. It was one of those things where oh, every once in a while I'd learn something about him. Until I finally understood what he really was. And he knew I did. What kind of payment do you expect for what you're telling me? Dollar. I hadn't thought of money. I swear I hadn't. All right. Go ahead. Masterson's as far outside the law as you can get. Narcotics, jewels and furs, aliens, Mexican gold, anything. He runs the West Coast for a combination that has headquarters in Italy. Who knows this? I do. And I wrote it all down. Ways to prove it. Like the names he uses for all his bank accounts to evade income tax. All of it. That's what he's been looking for on those boats. Well, then he was afraid... Writing it down was the only way I could think of to protect myself. He was afraid of me. Because I knew so much about him. He was going to have me killed. We were in Mexico when I told him, Ensenada. When he didn't believe me, I showed him a copy. I told him I'd hidden the original on a boat I'd visited. And that if he killed me, I had a way of letting the police know which one... Which one is it? I was lying to him. I didn't put it on a boat. I was lying. Arrowcraft was only a name I remembered. When he asked me, I said Arrowcraft. You mean there's nothing on those boats and 16 people have died? I know. I, I know I was wrong. I should have. But when you're scared, you only think of yourself. Don't, Gwen, honey. You'll be all right. This paper you say you wrote, where is it? I have it here. I want you to take it. All right, get out, Dollar. I want to take her home. I didn't fully believe her until I had finished reading her denunciation of George Masterson after they'd left me. But by the end of it, I knew that in my hands was the hottest document in California. I knew that hundreds of rotten lives could be crumbled and millions of dollars in criminal traffic could be stopped. And it did away with the possibility of any suit against Arrowcraft or your company. But it wasn't enough. I should have gone to the authorities with it then. Instead, I took a room for the night and mailed it to the FBI in the morning. Then I went after Masterson. I found him in a plush office in one of his furniture stores. Here. Just a moment, sir. You can't go in there, Mr. What's the meaning of this? You'll announce before you get in here. Not this morning, Masterson. I'm sorry, sir. Get somebody to throw this man out. What's the matter with you? Who are you? Johnny Dollar, working on the Arrowcraft sinkings. Gwen Thomas. I've read her statement. I don't know what you're talking about. About 16 deaths. The FBI can have you for the rest. But I want you for those 16 deaths. Get away from me. Get away from you. <laughs> Stay away from me. Get up. Oh, listen to me. 
as far as I was concerned, that was it. The girl was placed under protective custody by the FBI and the district attorney, who had worked out 75 counts on Masterson's indictment before I left. It's too bad that all of the next of kin of the 16 dead can't sit in the jury box. Expense account item three, same as item one. Expense account total, $940.20. Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. Remember, friends, to make every day more enjoyable, treat yourself often to refreshing, delicious Wrigley's Spearmint Chewing Gum. There's lots of cooling, real mint flavor in every stick. And chewing Wrigley's Spearmint helps keep you feeling fresh and alert. You feel better, work better, get more fun out of doing things. So indoors, outdoors, wherever you go, keep some healthful, refreshing Wrigley's Spearmint Chewing Gum handy. To make every day more enjoyable, Treat yourself often to delicious Wrigley's Spearmint Chewing Gum. Yours truly, Johnny Dollar, stars Edmund O'Brien in the title role and is written by Gil Dowd and David Ellis with music composed and conducted by Leith Stevens. Edmund O'Brien can soon be seen starring in the Columbia Pictures production, 7-Eleven Ocean Drive. Featured in tonight's cast were Gene Bates, Howard McNear, Clayton Post, Harry Bartell, Hi Aberback, John McIntyre, and Jeanette Nolan. Yours truly, Johnny Dollar, is produced and directed by Jaime Delvaille. The makers of Wrigley Spearmint Chewing Gum invite you to join us next week at this same time when from Hollywood, Edmund O'Brien returns in another adventure of Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. Bob Stevenson speaking. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. How to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Wrigley's Spearmint Chewing Gum, the refreshing, delicious treat that gives you chewing enjoyment, presents for your listening enjoyment, Edmund O'Brien as... Johnny Dollar. My name's Mark Nelson. 
Treasury Department, Bureau of Narcotics. We need an insurance investigator. For what? To go to London on a case that has us stopped here. I'm uh, in the Commonwealth Hotel. I'd like to have you come over. Wait a minute. What's insurance got to do with it? Our company took a policy on a few thousand dollars worth of trunks en route to London. Somewhere in the load is a half a million in narcotics. We want you to take the trip with it. The makers of Wrigley's Spearmint Chewing Gum bring you Edmund O'Brien in another adventure of the man with the action-packed expense account. America's fabulous freelance insurance investigator. Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. To make every day more enjoyable, treat yourself often to refreshing, delicious Wrigley's Spearmint Chewing Gum. Here's a taste treat you can enjoy indoors, outdoors, at work, or at play. The cool, long-lasting mint flavor refreshes you. The smooth, steady chewing helps keep you fresh and alert. Adds enjoyment to whatever you're doing. Wrigley's Spearmint Chewing Gum. Healthful, refreshing, delicious. Expense account submitted by Special Investigator Johnny Dollar to Treasury Department, Bureau of Narcotics, Washington, D.C. The following is an accounting of my expenditures during investigation of the London matter. Expense account item one, $1.75, cab fare to Commonwealth Hotel. I'll uh, give you the background as briefly as I can, Dollar. We allowed the entry of some narcotics from India into Seattle. We've been trying to break up a big ring in the Pacific Northwest. But the stuff didn't stay there. We followed it south into Beverly Hills. Have you ever heard of Dorothy Rivers and Broderick Green? The woman? I think so. I saw her in a couple of plays in New York, didn't I? Yes, yes, that's the one. She's been out west for the past two years making movies. Green's her husband, a director. The narcotics went to them. Well, to their house, at least. Well, they must have servants. Yes, yes, they did, but that doesn't do us any good. There were four of them, but three of them have been discharged. They all had a hand in packing the trunks for this London trip. So any one of them or all of them could have packed the narcotics. You're sure that's what happened? We know they went into the house, but nothing has come out but the trunks. And I searched the place myself just before I flew east. Why don't you want to stop it? We cabled Scotland Yard, and they told us there's been a big increase in contraband over there in the past couple of years. Hmm. You think this could be part of a pattern? Well, it's possible. You see, because they need our dollars, British customs make it a point to extend a lot of courtesies to these visiting film celebrities. The stars always arrive with a lot of belongings and usually with a servant or two. In the case of Green and his wife, just one. A confidential secretary, a Miss Miller, Lorraine Miller. She's traveling with the trunks. Now, I want you to get acquainted with her. Oh, that shouldn't be too difficult. Who's the policy with? Standard Liability Company. 20000 for a two-week period. That's a short-term gamble. It'd pay the company to keep an eye on it. Couldn't you use that? Well, it would depend on how young and susceptible this Miller girl is. <laughs> She's young, Dollar. I got close enough to appreciate that. Expense account item two, $675, passage to England on the SS Morristown. Before boarding, I received a few more bits of instruction by phone from T-Man Nelson. 
touch with Scotland Yard again, Dollar. They're assigning one of their best men to the case. An Inspector Finch. He'll, he'll arrange to meet you when your ship docks. We sent him a description. Yeah, Finch. Okay. What else? Well, we still aren't sure about the Miller girl, but her brother is uh, going on the same ship. That could happen. He's got a passport under another name, Miles Fanning. Now, if you need help on the trip, the ship's detective is Clarence Dawn. Dawn. Okay, I'll find him. Okay. Inspector Finch is in London, and I'm flying over in a few days. I'll find you. Hey, Nelson, are you sure you trust me? <laughs> I'll let you know when we finish this thing. Bon voyage. Expense account item three, $8, bar bill. I met Lorraine Miller in a small lounge on B-deck as we left New York Harbor. She struck me as being young, all right, but susceptible only when she wanted to be. She had a face that didn't need much makeup, an auburn hair that didn't need much messing with. Her hazel eyes were wide-spaced and seemingly candid, but they didn't tell me whether or not she knew who I really was. It must be an exciting job. Travel a lot, meet interesting people. And I once met a pig named Rollo who had eaten a diamond bracelet. <laughs> really, Mr. Dollar? Hey, uh, how long are you going to be in England? About a year, I guess. The Greens are going to make a picture with somebody's frozen pounds. It's a smart thing to do, you know. Everybody who is anybody has some frozen pounds. You don't like these people. <laughs> if it shows, it's because of this martini before lunch. I'm glad you're here. So am I. You traveling alone? Yeah, but that's my line, isn't it? What do you have, a cabin or a suite? A cabin. Then it's my line. I have a suite. I'll go take a nap in the tub, and you meet me there at five. Mm. There's a little bar, and I'll order some things, and you'll be able to get some music on the radio and have dinner there. Oh, I really shouldn't. Hidden away from the rest of the people. Sound of the ocean outside. You'll like it. If I could only be sure that Mother won't worry about it. <laughs> the cocktails were good, and so was the dinner. But the radio was full of static, and, as far as my assignment went, the conversation was unsatisfactory. I learned a lot about Lorraine Miller and a little about the Greens, but none of it tied in with the case. The whole evening made it almost impossible for me to suspect that she could be mixed up with narcotics until the fourth brandy. Jeff! What is it? Oh, no, no. The porthole, somebody pushed it open. It blew open. It startled me, that's all. Somebody pushed it. You saw him. You started to call out his name. No, I didn't, Johnny. It startled me so. My mind was a thousand miles away in that Come bank. over here and sit down. I'm sorry, Johnny. That was ridiculous. Why don't you want to tell me who it was? I saw him, too. Now, who are you afraid of? Don't ask me anymore, Johnny. But I want you to tell me. All right. You want to spoil everything with your stubborn crime? It was my ex-husband who followed me before. Now, if you'll please leave. Johnny, I won't be able to see you again. Selfishly, I was sorry it had to happen, but it meant progress. I knew it had been a brother outside the porthole, and she was covering up for him. The portly, balding ship's detective, Clarence Dawn, was sporting a well-worn flannel bathrobe and Congress gaiters when he let me into his cabin a half hour later. Ah, well, welcome aboard, Dollar. They told me about you. Yeah, I looked for you up in the ballroom. I never bother with the ballroom the first night out. The con merchants are just picking their marks. The slick gamblers are softening the suckers by letting them win. 
Nothing you can get your teeth into first night out. Tomorrow I go to work. Sit down. Huh? Yeah, thanks. Well, yeah. customers told me you might contact me. Always glad to help if I can. Thank you. There's a passenger aboard named of Miles Fanning. Fanning? Well, I got a duplicate list here. Faggot, Fallon, Fanning. Miles D. Fanning. Number 22-1-6. Yeah, that's the name. Do you know anything about him? Oh, let's see. I keep some notes in the book. Names are some of the hot ones that make the crossing. Fanning. 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 Well, he's not here. Don't know anything about him. What's the special? Well, this trip he's using Ford's papers. Fanning's not his real name. Say, I'd rather report that, hadn't I? No. We? No, the federal men want him left alone. Is he hot? He could be. Oh, yeah. Can't let me in on it, huh? I know how it is. I wish you'd pick him out tomorrow. Keep your eye on him for me. Sure, absolutely. Glad to help. Anything special you want? Ah, I'd like to know if he meets the girl on number 12A deck, Lorraine Miller. Auburn hair, hazel eyes, about five feet four. Got it. I'd like to know if he sends any cables ahead to London. I'd like to see copies if I could. I'll get word to the radio operators right away. Uh, thanks for the cooperation, Dawn. I'll check back with you tomorrow night. Right. <laughs> I checked back with him on the following five nights, and he had nothing to report. The days and evenings I spent as casually as I could and never once saw the Miller girl. According to Dawn, she had her meals in a cabin and never left it. Her brother was pointed out to me, and I felt his eyes on me now and then, so I knew he recognized me. Then, the night before we were due to dock in Southampton, I was surprised in my cabin by an unmistakably feminine knock on the door. I think I owe you an apology. Well, I didn't expect it. Come on in. Now. I'm sorry, Johnny. I wish I hadn't blown up. Why did you? I don't know. I guess it was... Well, it was hardly the time for an ex-husband to come prowling around. It was too bad. <laughs> the trip that started out to be a lot, this one turned into a big flop. Have you enjoyed it? Well, I've met a lot of those interesting people, bridge players, deck tennis players, kind of the players, fat old gossips with jewels, drunks, nothing like them. Yes? This is Dawn, Dawn. Uh, uh, oh, yes, Mrs. Johnson. Oh, you can't talk. Uh, yes, that's right. I'll make it short. We met after dinner. Fanny went to the Miller cabin. Oh? Uh, oh, I'm awfully sorry, Mrs. Johnson. I couldn't make it tonight, uh... A previous engagement, but thanks for calling. I'll stay on him and see you later. I hope you find somebody. Night. That was one of them. Could I fill in a contract? Mr. Johnson is seasick. We can get together in London, can't we? Yeah, sounds fine. I think we can work it out. I hope so, Johnny. I really do. Now I have to go. I want to get everything packed tonight. <laughs> I poured myself a nightcap after she'd left. A big one, because I was confused. I didn't know why she'd come or how much she knew about the narcotics or how much she thought I knew. It was the first drink I'd had in my cabin out of my own bottle, and it was the last. I felt it the minute it was down. There was nothing I could do about it. But it was painless. The ship seemed to roll more heavily, and I pitched forward toward my bunk. After that, the ship could have sunk. I wouldn't have known about it.
make every day more enjoyable, treat yourself often to refreshing, delicious Wrigley's Spearmint Chewing Gum. The lively, full-bodied, real mint flavor cools your mouth, moistens your throat, freshens your taste. And the chewing itself gives you a little lift, helps you keep going at your best. So for real chewing enjoyment that's refreshing and long-lasting, always keep Wrigley's Spearmint Chewing Gum handy. Healthful, delicious Wrigley's Spearmint Gum will make every day more enjoyable. And now, with our star, Edmund O'Brien, we return you to the second act of Yours Truly, Johnny Dollar. Thank you, Doctor. Mr. Dollar? Mr. Dollar? Can you hear me, sir? Huh? What? You must try to stay awake. Can you open your eyes? Who are you? Chief Inspector Finch of Scotland Yard. Oh. Oh. The girl. I'm afraid Miss Miller has disembarked. Uh, Fanning? He's being followed by one of my men. Mr. Dollar, your system received a large amount of opiate, enough to render you unconscious for almost 12 hours. Do you know who administered it? We're in Southampton. Yes. There's a girl. She'd come to my cabin and there was a phone call. A phone call, sir? Yeah, the ship's detective has been giving me a hand, keeping his eye on Fanning. I, I wasn't watching her. She must have drugged the whiskey while I was talking. Oh, I was stupid. I shouldn't worry if I were you. The situation is nicely under control. In the trunks? All route to the green residence. However, the men in the lorry with it are from Scotland Yard. They'll unpack them, and I assure you, nothing will pass on them. Mm. Nice going, Inspector. Thank you, sir. We like to try. Now, if you could raise yourself and drink some of this coffee. All right. Yeah. Shouldn't be this hard. <laughs> Nasty experience. Okay, let's have a coffee. Yeah. <laughs> Splendid. When you feel strong enough, we'll have an ambulance move you to my flat. You may rest there, and we shall await development. It took a lot of coffee and a lot of time. But by early afternoon, we were in the inspector's flat waiting for word. It came at 4.30. Yes? Mm-hmm. Are you quite positive? I see. Very well, Sergeant. We turn to the yard. I'll phone you there if I need you. Mr. Dollar, is it possible that an error was committed on the other side? Were the narcotics never left there? They didn't find them? No. After meticulous search. Oh, Treasury's not going to make a mistake like that with a half million dollars worth. The narcotics left the States, all right. Perhaps they're still on the ship. May have got the wind up since you were aboard and discarded the original plan. Mm, I don't know. I suppose it's a thought. Right. I'll arrange for a search party at once. Inspector... Who in London would be able to buy this amount of narcotics? That question had occurred to me. 
The answer shouldn't be too difficult to find. Perhaps you'd care to accompany me to my office while we try. <laughs> we rather pride ourselves upon our efficiency. Ten minutes after we got there, the ponderous machinery that is Scotland Yard started grinding out files on criminals. They were indexed according to every possible feature or characteristic. In the space of two hours, we had the name of every known narcotic suspect in London, and flying squad men had been sent out to cover them. But the first report that came in was negative. The ship had been searched without success. Then the phone rang again. Inspector Finch. Yes, he's here. Mr. Dollar? Thank you. Hello? This is Nelson, Dollar. I just got in. Oh, good. Uh, Have you heard about the mess? Part of it. I went down to the ship. Dorn told me what happened to you. Are you all right? Yeah, sure, I'm all right, but the stuff got through. It's loose someplace here in London. Trunks? Unloaded and searched by Scotland Yard men, nothing. What about the girl? He's being watched. Anything on Miles Fanning? Well, the Yard's tailing him, too. Say, Nelson, are you sure the narcotics were put aboard the ship? Positive. But I'll, uh, I'll get right on the transatlantic phone and get somebody to recheck the trail. I'm staying at the Empire. Call me if something breaks. Yeah, right. Treasury man, he's going to check the state to see if there's a slip. Good. Hmm? Half a million dollars? Mm. Rather a nuisance having that. Ah, this may be something. Yes? See, there's a driver and a radio at cars with the main entrance. We want to stay in touch. Thank you. What was it? Any progress? Yes. Most unpleasant progress. The constable I signed to follow the chap who called himself Fanny was shot to death. Uh-huh. Progress lies in the fact that your ship detective fellow, Clarence Dorn, was killed at approximately the same time. Dorn? Yes. Do you have a pistol, Mr. Dollar? It's on the ship. We won't bother going there. I'll have to issue to it before we leave. I spoke to Constable Wilde before he died, sir. He said he heard shots and ran into the house. By the time he reached the corridor, this Fanning bloke was leaving his room. He tried to stop him. I see. And Fanning? He bolted out the back way, sir. Did he say if he was carrying anything? No, sir. He... uh... Hold on a minute. That's what he was trying to say. Port, he said before he died. He was trying to say portmanteau. It's still expensive progress. That's the room, sir. Yes, yes. The constable, hop down to the car like a good chap and ask the sergeant to radio in in addition to the fanning description. The fact that he's carrying a traveling bag. Yes, sir. Hmm. Is this Clarence Dawn? Yeah. And I guess the answer to a few things. Then Dawn carried the contraband here from the ship, quarreled with Fanning for the division of the spoils, and was then shot by Fanning, would you say? Yes, that's exactly what I'd say. Then Fanning's our man. We'd have to find him. Right. Yeah, I'd like to go to the green place, talk to the Miller girl, Inspector. Of course. Clarence Dawn. You know, I thought... How could I have been so...
green residence was dark when we arrived, and there was no response to either the doorbell or our shouts. We pulled up a few yards, and while we waited, we listened to the nervous talk between the radio cars that were combing the city for the man we called Fanny. Avenue. A man answering the Fanny's description has been reported in the square. Request flying squad men to search the building. Uh, that's three and a half hour we've been here. Must be a million men in London who answer his description. Well, sir, we should have to question a million men. 47Y, 47Y to 14B. Are you still in Charing Cross Road? Over. 14B, 14B here. Still in Charing Cross Road? Over. 47Y to 14B. Investigate 1936 Bentley crossing into your section. 1936 Bentley. Close coupled sedan. Black. Registration GY4110. GY4110. Acknowledge. Over. Cut it, Sergeant. Cut it. Sergeant. Switch off the receiver. Oh, yes, sir. There's a car. Looks like it's stopping. Hmm? Taxi. There she is. Come on, Inspector. Uh, but let me do the talking, will you? Let you are. Lorraine? Who is it? Johnny. Johnny, where have you been? Where is he, Lorraine? What happened to you? I looked for you when we were docking. I came to your cabin and well, knocked... Stop it. Where is he, your brother? Johnny. Come on, where is he? What has he done this time? What'd you say? What has Jim done? You know what he's done. No, I, I don't. He wouldn't tell me. After everything that's happened, after you've lied to protect him, you're asking me to believe that you didn't know what he was doing? Yes, I'm asking you to believe me. You don't have to. I haven't known anything about Jim since the war. It wasn't my brother who came home. It was somebody else. Somebody to be ashamed of. A stranger I gave money to so he'd leave me alone. But he never did. It was the war. What has he done this time? Tell me, Lorraine, he knew you were coming to London? Yes. You saw him while you were getting ready to leave? He needed money. I hired him to help with the packing. Where is he, Lorraine? I've got a right to know what he's if done. If you're telling the truth, it doesn't make any difference. The man's a criminal. He has to be taken. I want you to tell me where he is. He's not my brother anymore, so it doesn't matter. He's going to Tangiers. How? On a ship or a plane? A ship. Which one? I don't know. I don't know. He's leaving at nine in the morning. If he doesn't, he'll drag me into whatever it is. Accomplice, he says. But I don't care anymore. I don't care. Well, Mr. Dollar. What do you think of it, Inspector? I don't think she was lying. We've had the same trouble here in England. Young boys who found themselves fighting a war as children were no more than grown-up children. And one day they were told they'd won it. I've seen them. They can't cope with our rather sorry victory, and they simply don't care. Loyalties mean nothing. They want money, and they don't care what they do to get it. Perhaps you, an American, and I, an Englishman, are partially to blame. Yeah, I guess the war is still with us, Inspector. After you, sir. Thanks. Sergeant? Yes, sir? I want to know which ship is sailing for Tangier tomorrow morning at nine. Right, sir. When you find out where she's docked, ask the yard to contact Mr. Nelson at the... Uh, uh, the Empire. The Hotel Empire. Yes. In the meantime, Sergeant, you might drive towards Royal Albert Dock. Right you are, sir. The ship turned out to be the city of Bombay. 
Before we drew to a stop at Royal Albert Dock, we passed through what must have been half of the mobile police force of London. That must be Nelson's car. Yeah, there he is. Come along, Sergeant. We want you to stand guard at the gangway. Right, sir. Hello there, Dollar. I was beginning to wonder if you'd ever get here. It's only been ten minutes, Nelson. Uh, this is Inspector Finch at Scotland Yard. Pleasure, sir. How do you do? Well, Mr. Dollar, Mr. Nelson, as you so quaintly put it on the other side, this is it. You're sure he's there? Oh, quite sure. Yeah, we got a radio report, and we hope they've cleared the ship of everybody else. Well, you might as well go. Right you are. I'm ready. It's up to you. Thanks. You there. Is Mr. Fanning aboard? Aye, he's aboard. Stay here, Sergeant. Right there. You received word from Scotland Yard? I did. Then you'll allow us to come aboard after him? You can come aboard. He knows you've come. He's got a gun. Where is he? He went forward on deck. Everything below is closed off. Very good. You can find him up this way. That's the way. There's a winch up for it. Good protection. Down behind the hatch. Hey, Miller, Fanning, whatever you call yourself. Come on out. We've got the Treasury Department and Scotland Yard here, so come on out. He won't do it. He won't, Dollar. It's too late for him. Better cross over to the other side while you cover me. May draw him out. Are we ready? Wait. Until I move down here. This is good. Good luck, Inspector. Use your head, Miller. Come on out. There he goes. Throw the ball. Don't let him get over. Inspector Finch. Nelson? Yes. Yes, you all right, Dollar? Yeah, what about him? He's dead, Dollar. We can search his cabin now. The traveling bag with its half-million-dollar contents was just inside Fanning's door. Expense account item four, same as item two. Transportation back to the States and Hartford. I saw Lorraine Miller once before I left. And I made her a promise I hope Inspector Finch will be able to keep. That only the name Fanning would make the official records in the front page. Because the name Miller had already gotten more than it deserved. Expense account total, $1,580.20. Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. Remember, friends, to make every day more enjoyable, treat yourself often to refreshing, delicious Wrigley's Spearmint Chewing Gum. There's lots of cooling, real mint flavor in every stick. And chewing Wrigley's Spearmint helps keep you feeling fresh and alert. You feel better, work better, get more fun out of doing things. So indoors, outdoors, wherever you go, keep some healthful, refreshing Wrigley's Spearmint Chewing Gum handy. 
To make every day more enjoyable, treat yourself often to delicious Wrigley's Spearmint Chewing Gum. Yours truly, Johnny Dollar, brought to you by Wrigley's Spearmint Gum, stars Edmund O'Brien in the title role, and is written by Gil Dowd and David Ellis, with music composed and conducted by Leith Stevens. Edmund O'Brien can soon be seen starring in the Columbia Pictures production, 7-Eleven Ocean Drive. Featured in tonight's cast were Wally Mayer, Virginia Gregg, Herb Butterfield, Dana Herlihy, Tudor Owen, Ben Wright, and Alec Harford. Yours truly, Johnny Dollar is produced and directed by Jaime Del Valle. The makers of Wrigley's Spearmint Chewing Gum hope you've enjoyed tonight's story of Johnny Dollar and that you're enjoying delicious Wrigley's Spearmint Chewing Gum every day. We invite you to join us again next week at this same time when, from Hollywood, Edmund O'Brien returns in another adventure of Yours truly, Johnny Dollar. Bob Stevenson speaking. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. Thanks for joining us for 1001 Radio Days, your home for Golden Age Radio, when radio was king. If you enjoyed tonight's show, please do take a moment and send us a review. We always appreciate reviews, and they help new listeners find us. Until next time, this is your host, John Hagedorn. Stay safe, and we'll be back soon at 1001 Radio Days. And one note, don't forget to pick up 1001 Radio Crime Solvers. That's 1001 Radio Crime Solvers. This is your host, John Hagedorn, and we'll be back soon.